I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, feeling the madness. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? March Madness, first day of it. It's it's truly one of the craziest sporting events in all of America. And to have... I actually asked Devin, asked Devin about this the other day. I said, which postseason basketball do you prefer obviously i know which one most people would probably prefer in the nba version uh, with a series a seven game series and multiple rounds um, compared to march madness and if you're not familiar with the ncaa tournament we have a lot of people listen outside of uh, the country Uh, you know college puts these 64 teams in this huge bracket and it's just one game and you play one game. Single elimination. You, yeah. If you win, you move on in the in the bracket. If you lose, you're just out. And so when I asked Devin about that. On, Devin's on like, all neutral sites, too. On all, yes. all completely neutral sites, which is kind of an underrated thing that we don't talk about in March Madness a lot, that all these places are just like the middle of, you know, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> different and different the regions. Higher, and, man, it's wild. The higher the seed you get that neutral site is normally closer to home. They kind of like reward those top teams. But then once you get like moving on, like elite eight, final four type of stuff, that's already preset. So you're not changing anything. And then the, like, the final four is in like a giant football stadium where it's just this massive, huge thing that should never hold basketball. And it becomes this even weirder. Event. Yeah. I was actually, uh, when I was talking to Dorian Finney Smith about his, uh, NCAA tournament run back in 2013, I think, uh, his final four was was in AT and T Stadium here in Dallas, and it was crazy. We talked about just him playing basketball. He's like, it was, it was just the craziest thing playing basketball in the Cowboy Stadium in Dallas, and just the the depth. Um, I getting super nerdy about, it, but seeing the depth behind a goal, yeah, your depth perception, <laughs> like seeing yeah, how it, far back it goes, and so. But anyway, um, I asked when I was talking to Devin about the two different postseasons. He's like NBA all day, every day. <laughs> Uh, because anybody can be anybody one time, uh, and at least in the NBA, for the most of the time, I would say ninety nine percent of the time, you would say the better team won that series. And in yeah, college, mostly. in college, it takes one time. Except for, for two thousand six, but that's okay. Very true. Very true. Um, it, in college, it just takes one time somebody to have a bad game, a team to have a bad game, and then they're out. And they could have been one of the best teams in the country. So, but it it was a super fun. I mean, I, I love these first this the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. And for NBA people, and we we haven't really did a March Madness NBA centered prospects you should be watching type of pod. Uh, we might try to do it sometime first and next week going into like sweet 16, but mostly because I've watched zero college basketball this year outside of Zion. So I, that's, that's all you need to watch. <laughs> um, but no, it, John Morant, man, he, he had a heck of a, um, this is what top prospects like to do or, or supposed to do. And I was super happy that he did this because 
Ja Morant projected top three pick in the NBA draft next year behind Zion. I mean, a lot of people think he'll go two above the Duke guys. A lot of people play- think after today he's going to go two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I mean, he plays for Murray State, uh, which is a smaller school, and you know, it's not it's not a explain the divisions, and you know, it's not a D one school. He's not on the level like Duke and North Carolina, these big time colleges, and. They, so, play, yeah, they play bad schools. They 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 play a weaker yeah. schedule than a lot. So when you look at a team like Murray State, what are they like, tw- like twenty seven and four or something? The twenty one and four like or something, that. something really good. And you look at that and you go, oh, that should be that should be really good. Why are people you know downing Murray State and John Morant? And well, their schedule was worse. And so now you come into the tournament thinking, well, this guy has something to prove. I think it was uh, uh, like a bunch of people that had this on their their guys that had the most to prove in the in the NCAA tournament as far as draft stock, and it was John Morant was, was one of the guys. I think that he was going to go top five regardless of how he did in the tournament, but if he had a really bad tournament, maybe he falls out of that top five, or maybe he goes five, or, you know, who who knows? But he, he shows up, he has a triple-double. I mean, why? I mean, th- this is what Michael Porter Jr. was expected to do last year. And I know I know Porter had the injury thing. And yeah, that, he was coming back the big, injury, though. But that was the big thing of him. Of I mean, even him playing at Missouri, and he's supposed to be at one of the top picks in the draft and all this stuff, and he just it, it, he didn't look right. And <clears throat> John Morant, I was super happy for him because it's almost like a, a remind, reminder of like uh, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, yeah. back at uh, Weber State, and Lehigh for McCollum, and – so seeing him actually live up to the potential, so he put he's up a one a tri- and done guy. Yeah, and in uh, Murray State was a twelve seed. They're playing the five seed uh, in Marquette, which had Marcus Howard, which is a, uh, one of the top scorers in all of college basketball. And the twelve seed beat him. John Morant had a triple double in his first game. He had sixteen assists, seventeen points, ten. Uh, it was the 10 first rebounds. triple double since two thousand twelve when Draymond had one. It's yeah, I mean in the tournament, in the tournament, it, he put on a legit show. And that's that was it was really cool to see. I watched a lot of that game, seeing Twitter react to him and stuff. So he's definitely a top five pick. I think depending on who yeah. is up there, yeah, it's it's hard to say two or not. You know, if Atlanta lands two, do you know do they take Morant to go with Trey Young? I'm if not Cleveland, sure about that. If Cleveland lands two, I think Cleveland you take him. I think if Cleveland Cleveland lands two, Phoenix lands two, um, Cleveland even with Sexton. Yeah, I mean, we like Sexton. Uh, Sexton's been doing good, but John Morant has... They just don't have much to build off of. They have to they have to try and diversify. So they don't want to do what Phoenix did forever and pick two guys that are kind of... What was it? Uh, what did what did Chark say? Cannibalized? <laughs> Cannibalized their own picks and their own assets? It's kind of what he... The way he put it with Phoenix. Like, I think a lot of these teams are going to do exactly what we want Dallas to do if we land if they land two to four. They're, everybody's going to be looking to trade back. It's just going to be whoever does not land one to get Zion. It's going to be these a, teams are really like like young talent hungry. You know, they, they what kind of trades are they going to get that's going to satisfy that hunger for them? Well, just a trade back of I mean, you know, if you're in that two to four range and you have six players, you know, you just try to find somebody in that seven to ten range that's in love with RJ Barrett or in love with John Morant or whatever it is and see if they'll give you another pick or another young player to move and, up or but at least four of those guys have names like obviously Zion's a name John Morant yeah. is now a name RJ Barrett's been a name Cam Reddish has even been a name and so yeah. you can sell your your organization and your fans on those four guys because they've heard their names so much this season so that's why I don't think many teams will try to trade back they'll just take those guys 
Yeah, they could. Yeah, it, it just depends on the fit. Yeah. They may try. They may try. Everybody always tries to you know do things with who's going to succeed or not. Um, speaking of the, the lottery, and by the way, we'll, we'll talk about Justin Jackson. We'll talk about the Mavericks versus the Kings. We'll talk about Tim Hardaway Jr.'s injury. But uh, but first, the the Mavericks lose to the Sacramento Kings. They are now they have solidified their spot in, as sixth in the lottery standings. They are a game and a half. Uh, above, below, a game and a half worse <laughs> than Memphis. And so they remain at 37.2% chance to keep their pick, 9% chance to get Zion, which is only 5% five percentage points worse than the uh, top chance, which goes right now to New York, Phoenix, and Cleveland. They all have a 14% chance. It's pretty wild. It is pretty crazy. That is wild to me. Just this, every time I look at the the odds, I think that man, these teams that like the Knicks are fourteen and fifty eight, they only have five, a five percentage points better chance to get Zion than the Mavericks, who have won yeah. twice as many games. That's just a, and it's just a testament to this whole new draft lottery odds and and all that stuff. How it's going to play out. I think it's. I heard somebody talking about this on a, on a, another podcast the other day, and I'm like, this is what we joked about on this pod whenever they passed this new tanking or anti-tanking rule. I think it just made more teams tank. I don't. I didn't understand it before. Like, I get. I think the only thing you're making not happen is these is the bottom like three teams go to like insane measures. But I think you're getting more teams to try to lose just to get close. It's. I don't know. I didn't like this rule at all. I think that once it once it passes through once, I feel like that might change some things because, I mean, the Knicks they have like a fourteen percent chance to get, you know, uh, number one, but they have a almost a fifty percent chance to get number five. Like that is their that's their highest odds is to get the fifth pick, and if the Knicks are this bad and they end up getting the fifth pick, and you know, let's say that the Phoenix Phoenix has a twenty seven point eight percent chance to get the fifth pick and a twenty percent chance to get the sixth pick. If all if we see all a bunch of those teams start falling back then maybe the tanking thing is you know maybe that would deter some teams because some, some some teams need to see stuff before they can we, we've talked about this with uh with euro players you know with luca and guys like that they need to see it succeed before they go back and try and draft another guy because they've seen darko they've seen jan vesley they've, you know, they've seen all these guys come in and fail and they need to see it to believe and uh, and the NBA and the basketball gods reward those who who believe who do not see. Ooh, ooh! You weren't ready for that today. You weren't ready for that ready. today, Isaac. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's a biblical truth all up in this podcast. All right, let's. Uh, I'm gonna let you you simmer on that for a little bit. We'll take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about the Mavs versus Kings. All right, Isaac. So the Mavericks fall to the Sacramento Kings, 116 to 100. Luka Doncic has 13 points, 10 boards, 3 assists. Marvin Bagley has 22 points, 12 rebounds. Um, he also has 4 blocks. Is is Luka Doncic overrated? Stop. Did the Kings do the right thing? Does this does this prove once and for all that Marvin Bagley is better than Luka Doncic and that the Kings <laughs> did the right thing? I feel like anybody you play in like the top 5 right now, uh, those other 4 fan bases just get like frustrated because they don't have Luka. And their rookies are good. We've talked about how good this rookie class is and how, uh, in particular, the top five of this rookie class is outstanding. 
And it's like anytime you play one of those other rookies, the like fan bases or other reporters just get like super mad and yeah. like ah th- this player we don't Luca's okay we didn't need Luca. By the way, you're not a reporter if you stan. Okay, I'm just <laughs> gonna throw that out there. We don't consider ourselves reporters necessarily, but if- I mean I'll re- I'll report things that happen at the arena. But I mean I I am a Mavs fan, so. Yeah, if you're out there making lists about why Luca is is not good and why your your rookie on the team that you didn't want them to draft in the first place is is better than uh, here's, not a reporter. Here's my thing: you can you can say another player is better than your player while still liking your player. You know that is possible. It's I didn't know, and, and you know it could be breaking news for some people. But however, uh, it is not possible for me to believe that. Derek Harper said, I like Bagley, but give me Dwight Powell, especially for this Mavericks team. <laughs> that was a real thing that happened in the game tonight. Um, <laughs> tanking is something that just happens in a team after there's just lack of motivation, after the only thing that the, the team has to play for or to win is to uh, get move up in the lottery. And uh, tanking can be... It can be like a disease, and it takes over your organization, and it takes over your players. And this is why, you know, teams were very wary of this whole Sam Hinkie method of going through the process. Because, well, what if it creates a culture of, of losing and a culture of of being bad at the thing that you're supposed to be good at? And I just believed I I don't think that this is is coming into the Mavericks, the players, as far as as tanking and coming into their culture. But I feel like it seeped into the broadcast booth. I think Harp is tanking. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> I think he's tanking because he wasn't this bad at the beginning of the season. I will, I will talk about the worse. team. He's gotten worse. He's got, he said more ridiculous things. And anytime he says anything about Dwight Powell, it's just it's ridiculous. We have great broadcasters. Mark Falwell is amazing. Yeah, he's like Hall of Famer. And Derek, um, I, I, I don't say Derek Harper is bad. I think Derek Harper is tanking. He's tanking the season. About the team, and on that note, um, <laughs> the team is not tanking. No, here, along that route, it's it's kind of frustrating to watch Luca right now because one, it's frustrating for because you know it's going to come as a Mavs fan and people who cover the Mavs that right now, just the team in general, you you know they're ju- they're just pushing for the finish line at this point. <laughs> You, they know they're not making the playoffs. They're losing a ton of games. You know they're getting tired. Luca's getting tired. Luca doesn't look like the same uh, from this from the start of the season. It, it just it, it looks different, and I think because of that, his stats are going to fall off to where if they were in the playoffs right now, or at least a playoff hunt, I think he would like his stats would look completely different. And you're going to have people like random Kings fans or random Hawks fans coming in saying, oh my gosh, look, Luca only had 13 points. And I'm like, well, if you just see, kind of see how this team is right now, uh, you would kind of understand what's going on. But um, you can't set him. They shouldn't set him because this is who we want to, you know, see play and who the fans want to see play right now. But it's just kind of, it's kind of hard to, I, I don't know 
he doesn't look fully 100% like he did earlier in the season. And we don't know how much of that is injuries, too. I, I agree with the yeah. idea of he doesn't have much to play for right now, and so he's not super invested or super intense. I guess was, we'll put it that way. But he, we also think that there's some kind of injury thing happening uh, as well. We've been saying that for, I mean, weeks. And he, and we and thought, we weird... thought he was going to miss some games, and, you know, he just And it's a weird playing. spot, too, when you think about – when some of these teams are going down this path, like you think of Atlanta or Sacramento and all these guys are playing together and stuff. And you're like, all right, well we're, we're logging a lot of minutes together because this is the squad that you're going to be playing with next year. For instance, like Trey young, you're going to be telling a ton with John Collins and Herter and stuff. You're just building chemistry. How many of these guys is going to be part of the main rotation next year with Luca. I mean, he's not building chemistry with KP right now. Dirk is probably going he to is leave. off the court. I heard they play Fortnite together. <laughs> That's a joke. I didn't, um, I didn't really hear that as a joke. If they bring in one, maybe even two free agents, they're not obviously on the team right now. So like, like there's a good chance. Some of these guys, like even if you know, Maxi or Dorian, they're restricted free agents. We don't know what's going to happen to Justin Jackson. We'll talk about him. Um, what will Dwight Powell do with this player option? So like Jalen Brunson is like the only guy that he's logging a lot of minutes with right now that building chemistry together, you know, is going to play a factor in, in moving forward in the future. So it's just kind of weird with, every, with this, how the roster is and where they're at. Well, Jalen Brunson is one of the few players on the Mavericks with a guaranteed contract next year. The other yeah. one, the other one being Justin Jackson. And we have to talk about him. I mean, we might let's well, talk about him. We might as well get into it now. He has another great game, another great shooting game. Uh, scored 19 points, played 32 minutes, started in the game. Uh, Dirk sat the bench uh, to begin the game. He shot nine of 16 from the field, 56. percent He shot only one of six from three, uh, which is kind of interesting to me. But he, he showed some other things in this game. He showed we we talked about his little floater game. You even mentioned that when he first joined the Mavericks that he had that in college and he brought it to the NBA on the the Kings. And he also now has this little escape dribble pull-up jumper in uh, from the mid-range too. He doesn't, he can't do that from three, but he can do it in the mid-range really well. And yeah. that, that he he showed that a couple times in this game. If he can shoot like that, man. And somebody tweeted us this. They said, "Why do we have to give Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, a long-term contract if Justin Jackson can be this?" Well, Justin I, Jack- okay, I, I did not see this tweet, but this is a talking point that I want us to talk about. I made this I, note to talk down, but I didn't see this tweet. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> it was from uh, it's from Wolsey, Wolsey, Wolsey. What up, Wolsey? He said, "Do we really need to sign Dorian long term when Justin Jackson could do the same stuff and already shoots better slash is younger slash is cheaper?" Okay, well, we first have to remember that Dorian Finney Smith started you know shooting really well at the beginning of the season, and we were all high on Dorian. And this is about the same length of time that Justin Jackson's been shooting well. Also. If you look at Justin Jackson's shooting numbers when he's with the Mavericks, he had that game where he went 5 of 7 from 3. So that's going to skew all his numbers right now because he's only played, what, 11, 12 games with the Mavericks, maybe a little more than that. And so that that kind of skews it at this point. And Justin Jackson isn't the defender that Dorian Finney-Smith is. Would you agree to that? Yeah, I would agree. I, I think the question would come down to how much is Dorian going to cost? In a perfect world, you Which say, always you know, the question with or without Justin Jackson. Yeah, for sure. In a perfect world, you're like, hey, we've, you know, beat the drum forever. Of you can never have enough six, six to six, nine players on your roster. Uh, but if they go out and they get uh, free agents, bigger names or two, you know, medium names or a couple more guys to come off the bench and stuff, and they have to make a decision, 
that's the thing to keep in mind. Justin Jackson was just the 15th overall pick just a year ago. In Dennis Smith Jr.'s draft, <laughs> Justin Jackson only went six spots behind Dennis, which is kind of crazy to think about sometimes and remember, but he went 15. Uh, he's he's and, not thought of that way because he spent four years at school. So Exactly. So, but so did Brun- or Brunson spent three. So, you know, he came in and was supposed to be game ready, and then his first season he was kind of slow. And then this season he actually started playing really well for the – the Kings because he finally figured out its role and then now he moved teams so he's had a lot of a lot of change yeah so so Justin Jackson he's on this rookie deal so right now he makes 2.8 million dollars this year next year it's guaranteed at 3.2 and then after that you get into that he has a team option at 5 million so if you ask yourself let's say Okay, hypothetical. Let's say Brooklyn goes out and says, Dorian, we want you to come be our starting three next year. They're not. I'm just throwing a team out there. And we'll give you $10 million a year over the next three years. Three three for 30. So would you and would you rather have... See you, Dorian. Would you, <laughs> would you rather have Dorian Finney-Smith at 10 or Justin Jackson at 3.2 next year? I mean, that's where, yeah, yeah, that's where stuff comes down to or both at 13, you know, like combined. Yeah. I think they would probably prefer to bring in to have both of them back, like both of them together. But if it comes down to it, and I think this is one of the only things that you can really look into for the rest of the season. There's not there's there's not a ton that you can really carry on to next season that's going to happen over the next, you know, 10 12 games, how many games we have left. But what Justin Jackson can show over this last stretch, I think could really play into how far they go with Dorian Finney-Smith because if they look at it and say, "Do we have a cheaper Dorian that can do a lot of the things that he does?" If we can just get him there defensively and like Carlisle, Brad Townsend had a piece with Barnes and Jackson that came out right in the middle of the game. And he had a couple quotes on there from Carlisle, what they thought about Justin Jackson. And he said, we're really working with him on his three point shot. And that sounds really familiar. Sounds like the Dorian Finney Smith experiment (laughs) that, uh, that that has been the, the, the project for a long time now, but the defense and stuff there. He mentioned how he likes his energy. Now in college at, at North Carolina, obviously I'm I'm really biased when it comes to Tar Heel stuff because I watched North Carolina and the ACC more than anything in college basketball. So I love Justin Jackson coming out of college. He won a title. He's ACC Player of the Year, and he shot 37 percent from three his you know, his last year in college. Now that's not 40%. It's not what Cam Johnson's shooting right now for North Carolina, which is insane. It's like 49%. <laughs> um, but 37% is pretty respectful. Like that's what you want uh, from, from three and in, in the average. For, if you can get for that. The most, yeah. yeah. So like, that's what the, and he has, he has really good touch or uh, his touch. Like it, it's kind of pros and cons with him and Dorian. If you're going to compare the two, Dorian can play better defense, but, Justin can actually make a now. Now, when you talk about his touch, are you talking about like his hugs or? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Gotta watch out with Isaac and those North Carolina guys. <laughs> he always likes to put the hand on the shoulder, like you know what, son. When you were in college and I was watching you, and I had your jersey, and <laughs> go make you, it. You've go grown make, up so much. Go make a Lakers video. <laughs> Justin Jackson. All my Lakers videos, in- by the way, on Dawkins have been very negative. Been skewed very negative. I just want to point that out to you. <laughs> Um, but like 
you can kind of tell the difference. It, it's you know, it kind of reminds me of Justin Jackson when he gets into the paint, the kind of touch that he has around the uh, the round rim and that mid range shot. It's a little different than Dorian Finney Smith. Yeah, similar to Jalen. Saw Dorian and, try to do that in this game. <laughs> yeah, well, similar to Jalen Brunson and Dennis Smith Jr. You, you see the differences of how uh, in like Luca that was praise of him coming in and stuff. So I'm glad that he started. I was getting worried. <laughs> I was getting worried over the past couple of weeks of, hey, I was all about Justin being this kind of bench role player off the bench, and he just hadn't been playing very good. And now he has a couple of games in a row now to where if he if he can keep that up, then we'll see. I can't believe you lost hope in a Tar Heel. I didn't lose hope, but I was just starting to get a little worried on it, just what his fit would be moving forward because he does have an, a guaranteed contract for next year, but it's three point two million. He's still young. He's still two years away, two years out from being drafted. If they really didn't want him on the team next year, I mean, it's three point two million. I'm sure they could find a taker for him and stuff. So like, it's guaranteed, but he's not a lock like Jalen Brunson. I think it, I think it's still a tryout period and. If we're being honest, the Tim Hardaway Jr. thing helps his tryout period a lot. A very good segue. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. and a little more Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson? Justin Jackson. Yes, yes. All right, Isaac. So, Tim Hardaway Jr. goes down. He's out for the rest of the season with a left tibia stress reaction. The last person that had a stress reaction was Seth Curry on the Mavericks. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah. That Seth that's stuff was something. Time, we, that's the last time we talked about that. And that was last season. You missed the, you ended up missing the entire season. What does this mean for Tim Hardaway Jr. going forward? What does this mean for the Mavericks going forward? Um, I don't, I, I can't say a ton about it just because uh, he obviously wasn't, was not there in Sacramento and, and that's when Rick broke it. And by the way, the Seth Curry thing was a complete anomaly. Usually a stress reaction does not take away your entire, your entire season. It was a very weird, odd thing. And so I do not expect like Tim Hardaway Jr. to miss the start of next season or anything crazy like that. Yeah. And you know, we didn't get an email about it as far as yeah. a press release. They didn't do an official press release. It was just, but Dwayne, I mean, I found, but Dwayne tweeted it out. So yeah, Dwayne, Brad, uh, I think Eddie maybe did too. Um, like we found out just like everybody else found out at the same time on Twitter. I was like, wow. Okay. Uh, when Carlisle did his pregame press conference and, and told reporters that, so it's interesting you know, nothing really surprises you at this point in the season. You just saw Minnesota. What did they, they, they just shut like three, <laughs> they just shut like half their team down yeah. or a third of their team down. Like uh, they Rose, just, Jeff Teague, Covington. Uh, they just shut, you know, a bunch of those dudes down. Now they have some injuries throughout there, but um, so yeah, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't surprise me when you see some of these teams uh, shut players down, but Somebody who had tweeted out, uh, you know, detail of what uh, Carlisle said more about it, um, said something. He's, you know, they're just looking at the situation, seeing what is needed, and that right now is this the best time for them to do it. And yeah, I mean, it opens. Now you're taking away Tim Hardaway Jr. for the rest of the season. He's going to be on the team next year, barring some crazy trade in which somebody takes his contract. Um, <laughs> but Lou Williams is contract compared to Tim Hardaway Jr.'s is just incredible. Yeah, what well, Lou makes what seven million or something? It's crazy. Yeah. Um but yeah it it opens up spot for other people. And I think this is a, a time for 
Justin Jackson to really take advantage, and he gets his first start of the season for the Mavs in the first game that you know Hardaway's out for. And can will he start at the two spot for the rest of the season? I have no clue, but I'm all down for it. Like I said, if there's one player that I'm watching for the rest of the season, it's Justin Jackson. I think he has the most to gain and the yes. most to lose moving forward. Agreed. Agreed. He could be on the Mavs next year, or he could be somewhere else next year. Yeah, and Courtney Lee. I mean, we like Courtney Lee, but you know, he—it's crazy that he's been in the league over ten years. It's insane. I mean, he was in the I, finals with Dwight Howard in two thousand nine. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a story coming out today on Mavs dot com, uh, in which I talked to kind of the uh, three veterans on the Mavs about their NCAA tournament runs a long time ago. AKA Devin Harris's NCAA tournament run, his first one was seventeen years ago, Jeez. and. Uh, so I talked to him about his Wisconsin runs. I talked to Dwight Powell about his time uh, finally getting to the tournament at Stanford. Uh, Dwight Powell uh, had a few cool quotes about that. And then I talked to Courtney Lee about his uh, his time at Western Kentucky. So I was 10. I was 10 when Devin Harris made that. I don't even remember it. I, I, okay, so I, I embedded a video of uh, the uh, – it's a one shining moment, um, like buzzer Is beater. Is it the Lakers which, one? No. <laughs> In which That'd Devin, be so funny. You just open this Mavs.com article. It's supposed to be about the Mavs and their their great runs. And then the ball is tipped. And there's LeBron like laying on the floor. There uh, but, you are. But Lance no, Stevenson it, doing his guitar thing. It's quite funny when you click on it, when you click on the article to read it. Yes. Um, click on it. I put a clip of Devin Harris in that highlight in which Devin... Uh, is uh, gives the assist for that buzzer beater uh, in the tournament, and it's really funny because the film is like super like grainy, and yeah. it looks so bad. It, it looks actual it re- film. <laughs> it really does look so like old and like <laughs> a long time ago, and it's kind of like uh, it's it's kind of funny. So I specifically targeted the veterans for this piece, and I may or may not have something more when Ooh. it gets closer to the final Ooh. four. Did you talk to Jalen Brunson? That's for a different piece. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Okay. I talked to literally like the whole team. There's like nine players that played in the NCAA tournament. So uh, I have uh, I have another one coming out too, but we're going to wait a little bit as the tournament Yeah, you got goes Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Devin Harris. Who did Courtney Lee play for in college? Western Kentucky, which is really close to my hometown. It's super weird because when Courtney first got traded here, we sat down in the locker room and I was like, we were throwing different towns off each other in central Kentucky. And it was so weird because these little towns in Kentucky, the, like Glasgow, Kentucky, and I'm like, I know Glasgow. Like, I've driven through there. He's like, oh, yeah, Glasgow. And he's mentioned, like, Smith Ridge. Like, oh, it's super weird. And I'm like, this is wild that I'm, like, talking. Like, you know these towns. Um, and he was but like, yeah, Carl. You know about Carl? What, Western Kentucky, Carl. well, yeah, Western Kentucky has a, has a cool story because him and his guys, like, really – came in and they like fought together for it's a smaller school and they made the tournament his senior year. They had a good team. A lot of people in Kentucky like rallied around that Western team because it's normally just all about Louisville and Kentucky. And uh, there was a big buzzer beater in that game too, in which Courtney Lee got double teamed and they hit uh, this guy named Ty Rogers for the shot. And that highlight is actually still shown in uh, different montages for March Madness and stuff. So he kind of walked me through that play and just talked about it. And one of the funny things that didn't make to me, I'm sorry, I'm just like. Western Kentucky is also that the school that Glory Road, that movie was about. 
Yeah, West Kentucky Hilltoppers. Um, but I jokingly asked Courtney, I say, like, how does the NCAA tournament stage compare to the NBA finals? And he kind of like looks up at me and he just starts laughing. <laughs> not even, not even comparison, bro. It doesn't even compare. Uh, NBA wow. finals. He said, especially uh, in LA, he's like, it, it's something I'll never forget. That atmosphere is just, it doesn't even compare to wow. anything else. So, uh, yeah, but they still talked about how fun the atmosphere is. Dwight Powell has a lot of like deeper quotes of just playing on the court in that tournament and how it can be the last time and how for some of those guys, some of your teammates that you fight with, it's the last time they ever play organized basketball again. And it's the last time that some of them even put on a basketball jersey again because they don't get to move on and stuff. And hey, that's cool. Dwight, Dwight's a, obviously a nice, super nice guy. Can we anyway, talk? I can kinda, we talk about this guy? This this guy that is going at Mavs fans after this Kings loss. Talking about who is it? This guy Matt George. He's the Locked On Kings. Guy, oh right? yeah, <laughs> he's the Locked On Kings guy. Yeah, go listen to Locked On Kings. What's he saying on Twitter? Oh my gosh! So it's, do we need to get him on the pod like you did the Knicks guy? <laughs> well, somebody <laughs> responded. He's like salty about not drafting the future of the NBA. I see because he he said some he said something about Luca. And then oh, gosh. Uh, this guy responds, the Kings have a future. Their names are De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. This L must be tough to swell tonight, huh? And then one of our, I think one of our no. listeners, Brian, responds, how much will it hurt you when Luca lifts the Rookie of the Year trophy on TV in a couple of months? And this is how he responded, and this is why I bring it up on the podcast. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. We might have to have him on just because of this one tweet. I've already set up a debate podcast for with John Corrales at Celtics. Ooh. For, yeah, so, I responded to a tweet the other day. He said KG is better than Dirk. So. Oh, is he even a, we have to do it on his turn. We have to do it on his podcast. Can't, you can't bring that in here. I don't know. It could be a double <laughs> thing. I'm going to study up for it because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hammer him. Okay, so so Matt responds to this guy about, about Luca lifting the Rookie of the Year trophy. He said, Tyreek lifted the trophy in sack not too long ago. You will learn quickly. It means nothing. I'll prefer to have a team with a better record and brighter future. Thanks. All right. Comparing Tyreek Evans to Luka Doncic is is one thing. Also, saying that the the Kings have a brighter future than the Mavericks. Um. Okay. Well, the Tyreek Evans Luka type thing. Notice if you're not gonna win the award, it the award doesn't even matter at that point. You know, if Bagley was gonna win the award, that's all they'd be talking about. And like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is crazy and all this stuff. But he's I, not. I kind of, I kind of get bed. the, I like the <laughs> award thing is like, okay, cool. I guarantee if you ask Luca, would you rather make the playoffs or win the award? He'd say make the playoffs ten out of ten times. Uh, it's just an added bonus. Cool, he's gonna get the award. That's fun, awesome. Let's take pictures and put it in the history books. The brighter future thing is interesting. If we, if he said that before the Porzingis trade, that would be true. I could kind of see it. It'd probably but, be true. They, they have more young, interesting guys in the Mavericks. The Mavericks have one, and that's Luca. And they have De'Aaron Fox, Bagley, Bogdanovich, Buddy. He- I mean, Buddy Heald is yeah. like Buddy Heald. Every single time he lifts a shot from anywhere, he could be moving, he could be leaning, he could be falling, he could be like sitting on the ground, he could be turned the other way. Every single time he lifts up for a jump shot, I think it's going in every time. Yes, and. 
We love it. I love that him and Bagley are like turning out. I love Bagley in particular because and, for the longest time I had him at number one on my big board, yeah, and yeah. there's people that came at me about it, and like, and we were both saying on the spot when we did this draft profile, like, listen, figuring out his position is the, like you just figured that out later on. He is an athlete. He is crazy athletic. He has the skills and talent. Like you draft him, he will be just fine. Yeah. And but th- he had a lot of haters at draft time. Bagley did. Which is weird because he had one of the best college, like, you know, freshman seasons in college ever. Yes. Uh, and I still really like him, but when a situation like this happened, it's like, oh, man, really? Am I going to have to, like, hate on this? Or Yeah, and we don't. We don't hate on Bagley. It's not Bagley's yeah. fault this guy's, this guy's running his mouth. And I'm sorry. Like, nobody on the Kings is the same level as Luka or Porzingis. So we have two players that – are better than all of your other players. One of them has been an all-star already. Yeah, like, it's not even... Yeah. Kings, please, do something after Vladi and Chris Webber before you can talk, okay? Ooh. Like, can we have anything past that? Ooh. I mean... I think you, y'all need to worry about Vladi and, uh, you know, all of that stuff before... Uh, it's like, <laughs> they finally get good for once, and now... They're kind of like talking trash. Well, I guess they've never really had a chance to talk trash before, so they can't. <laughs> this now. is their first chance in a this long time. This is their first chance since Bobby Jackson, Doug Christie, and Bibby, and all those guys. If you had to guess, the Mavericks are have a better record than the Kings next year? I don't think you can say it. I don't think you can make any prediction for the Mavs right now. It really depends you, on what they do this summer. You have no clue who they're going to get. They're going to get somebody. That's just a given. They're going to get even just somebody. with Luca and Porzingis and, who, and fill in whoever else. Okay, I think the only thing you can say is they're going to be better. Just how good, if they okay, if it's just Luca and Porzingis and this basic team, yes, I think they're fighting for an A seed. So are the Kings. They were. Yeah. They're not now, but but we actually ago, have right? a lot of things to work with. And we're going to get somebody else. So there you go. Isaac, Whether it's trade free agent, shot. well, like they're going to get somebody else in. It's just a matter of how far down the line in their their wish list. Whether it's a big name, whether it's two guys, whether it's like Vucevic and somebody else, or whether it's like all these names that we've talked about, whether it's trading for somebody, they're going to get another guy. That's just part of it. So it they're not going to bring back this exact same team. They're going to get at least one other guy, maybe a couple guys. And at that point, like if if I'm going to assume all of that stuff then right now, assuming Porzingis is healthy, assuming they're going to bring in, let's just say, two two other guys, if, if they strike out on big names and they bring in two quality free agents, like a Brogdon, just throwing it out there, like a Brogdon and Vucevic or something like that. Just random stuff like that. I mean, guaranteed playoff team at that point, I would say four through six. Yikes. That's a, let's, call, let's call him a shot. But that's what I'm saying. Like you can't, you you can't say you can't predict anything with Mavericks right now because you just gotta wait to see how the summer goes. And you're assuming Porzingis at full health. Porzingis at full health determines everything. So it's just, yeah, you can't predict anything. I threw that out there after I said there's four other things that should ha- or could happen. And but yeah. There you go, guys. That's the Justin Jackson talk. Tim Hardaway Jr. out for the season. Tournament continues this weekend. And uh, the Mavericks play next. <laughs> against the Warriors. Against the Warriors. What day? Sunday? No? Saturday. 
Saturday. you're listening to this on a Friday. If you want to watch basketball, you can watch Zion and uh, Duke play tonight. Uh, North Carolina plays tonight. And then Saturday, Warriors game in Golden State. Um, Dirk's last trip to, to Golden State. Let's see if they do anything cool. They had a really cool montage in Sacramento for it, like a tribute video. They tweeted it out. Go watch it. Bobby Jackson, Doug Christie. Um, some of those guys uh, talked in it. It was just, it was just cool. I like seeing things like that. But good for them. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>